Hi, I'm Jerry Lee. And I'm Lissa. Welcome to the first episode on our podcast, Experience Eden, This Side of Heaven. So for our first podcast, we thought that it would be appropriate to start at the beginning. Especially given the name Experience Eden, I figured my first Bible study and meditation on the subject should go all the way back to Genesis. I'm familiar with Genesis. Uh, it was a story and a book that I've learned all throughout my life. Uh, even growing up Catholic, I was well acquainted with this story. And so I thought it would be easy. I thought it would just be natural to discuss um, God's creation and paradise that he developed uh, in the Garden of Eden mm -hmm. and created man and woman, Adam and Eve, uh, as his beautiful um, creation to reign over Eden. So I thought that would be easy. Uh, and growing up the way I did, and even in my current studies, I, um, I knew very well the story of the fall, which is often referred to as the original sin. And for any new believers or non-believers, um, that of course is when Adam and Eve were created in the Garden of Eden and given reign and dominion over all creation. And they were given one boundary, one mm -hmm. parameter. That's it. That's all they had to do. And um, they began to covet that one thing that they couldn't have. And so they disobeyed God. And they ate from the tree of knowledge and uh, they defied him. And that is known typically and uh, pretty universally as the fall or original sin. Um, I think it's really interesting that it's a, it's a common phrase in our culture, not mm -hmm. just religiously and not just in church, but everyone has heard the phrase, the forbidden fruit. Mm -hmm. And the forbidden fruit has taken on its own definition. It's not just biblical anymore. Uh, it refers to really anything in life yeah. that um, is off limits. Mm -hmm. So lusting for something you shouldn't or couldn't have. Yeah, is definitely. wanting the forbidden fruit. And so I think it's really interesting, too, when you think about it. There's a lot of um, biblical phrases um, that are rooted in Bible teachings and in the Bible story um, that have kind of infiltrated their way into common speech. And it's, it is used to refer to things that aren't biblical necessarily. But forbidden fruit is one, no matter where you are in your walk with Jesus or whether you're not walking with him at all, it's something that you can relate to. Wanting that thing that you shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. uh, wanting that thing you were told you cannot have. Or even worse, wanting that thing that you know full well is not good for you, but you go after it anyway. So I just thought that was a really interesting place to start. Yeah, most definitely. The, that first sin with Adam and Eve is usually described in Genesis, which is the first, the first book of the Bible. Mm -hmm. So if this isn't the original sin, what is? Well, that's what really got to me. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't understand why uh, Adam and Eve were created without sin. Mm -hmm. Why would they throw it all away? Yeah, that really, really blew my mind that how can you be given something created in perfection, created in the absence of sin yeah. and still mess it up? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I mean, we're living now. <laughs> it seems crazy, but we're living now in this fallen world. Mm -hmm. We're living in the fallout of that decision. Yeah. And so now it's easy for us because we know we live in a fallen world. Yes. Their world wasn't fallen. What happened? And so I started to do more research and I really uh, invited God into this discussion with me. And I asked him to speak to me in a new way. 
Mm -hmm. And I prayed on it and he really, he really sent some uh, thoughts to me that um, kind of messed me up a little bit because I had to go back to the Bible and I had to seek information in places that were out of chronological order. Mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes we think that the Bible is a chronological book and it's really not. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the Old Testament, there's so much prophecy in there that points to the New Testament and to Jesus as the Messiah, mm -hmm. um, all the way to Revelation. And then in the New Testament, there's a lot of concurrent books. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, they're books that are separate, and obviously they, they take a different place in the Bible, one coming after the other, but the stories are not necessarily chronological order. They mm -hmm. piggyback each other, yeah. and they're giving different accounts of the same stories. So uh, I started to really study this and try and consider um, where original sin originated, yeah. and really that brought me to Lucifer. And so a lot of people know him as Satan yeah, or yeah. the devil. And um, so that's where, um, that's where I got stuck because Lucifer is this heavenly body. Mm -hmm. He's a heavenly crea uh, creation created by God to exist with God yeah. in heaven, in his presence, to worship God. Mm-hmm. And Lucifer was gifted. He was given so many things that we value here on earth today. Um, he was, he was a creation of great beauty. Yeah. Uh, he was in, incredibly wise and talented. Um, some texts say that he had um, an instrument within him, which mm -hmm. one would imagine would be his voice and that he was designed and designated to worship God and to praise him, which us walking now with God in modern days, that's our goal to make it to heaven and worship God. Yeah, definitely. And Lucifer, he was made so perfect. Mm -hmm. Like, why, knowing all that, why do you think he would rebel against God? That's the part that really kind of hurt when you think about it. When, yeah. you, when you meditate on this and um, you think about where we are today and mm -hmm. the sin and the flaws that we have today, it didn't exist in Lucifer. Yeah. Um, he was perfect, and his name actually meant Morning Star, and um, the Bible says that he was God's favorite. Yeah. And so when you think about it, us as flawed humans, um, Lucifer had everything we want. We wish we were there. <laughs> yeah. Why? Exactly, exactly. And so he, unfortunately, um, he was designed and he was existing in a place that was worshiping God. Mm -hmm. And eventually, um, he was unhappy with that. He, he was discontented with that. And um, that is, in my opinion, that um, discontentment, that desire for something more, um, that was the original, original sin, in my opinion. Interesting. Okay. So how does Lucifer's story relate to the Garden of Eden? Um, so taking it back a little bit further before we get to Lucifer um, in Eden, I think um, we kind of have to spend some time in thinking about how Lucifer rebelled against God and why. So yeah. he was perfect. He was mm -hmm. worshiping God and suddenly he became selfish. Yes. So I think it's really interesting and we can see it um, in today's culture. A lot of people, we talk about entitlement. Mm -hmm. So Lucifer was created and was happy worshiping God for a time. And then he began to feel that, well, I'm beautiful. 
and I'm talented, Just and I'm wise, out. yeah, and I'm all of these things worthy of worship, yeah, so I want to be worshipped, yes, and so that is something that um, really hit me hard, um, that word entitlement and that word desire, so Lucifer was no longer content with being a servant of God mm-hmm. um, to worship in his presence, uh, Lucifer became uh, entitled and extremely selfish and desired something different. And so he wanted the praise and the adoration and the worship that he saw God getting. It's like the pride consumed him. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So his this ego that developed through his talents and his gifts and all the things that God designed and built into him to be wonderful, mm-hmm. to, to give him splendor and to worship God... Um, Satan was born. That's what happened. Satan was born of this desire. Yeah. So Lucifer, God's favorite angel, uh, was poisoned. Mm-hmm. Really, really perfection was corrupted by this desire for more. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I think it relates to Eden. Because once God saw this in him, once God saw that his beautiful creation that was that was designed to exist with him in the, in a position of surrender mm-hmm. and a position of worship, um, God was so hurt by this. Yeah, because he gave him everything. Mm-hmm. He allowed Lucifer the gift of being there with him yeah. to enjoy heaven, mm-hmm. and God was heartbroken. So this creation that he put above all else, that he gifted above all else, um, turned against him. Mm-hmm. And so um, the book of Revelation discusses the fact that um, Lucifer tried to um, rebel against God. He tried to obtain that same worship and um, the attention and the adoration that God had. And um, the book of Revelation actually talks about him rebelling against God and, and taking up to a third of God's angels and heavenly beings and kind of grouping them together. You know, that gang mentality. And yeah. we see it so much on, on earth today mm-hmm. within mankind that, um, that misery loves company. And, oh yeah. And, and people who are of like mind and people who have the same selfish desires, they really are able to, um, they're really able to band together and cause mm-hmm. a lot of destruction. Yeah. And so ultimately that's what happened to Lucifer. So he was cast out of heaven. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that clearly. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite um, Proverbs is Proverbs 16.5. The Lord detests the proud, and they will surely be punished. Mm-hmm. And uh, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And I, I can imagine that the worst thing of all would to be being cast out of heaven. Oh, yeah. And it says very clearly that the Lord detests pride. Mm-hmm. And so Lucifer was cast out, and... I believe, this is not in in the Bible, but I believe he then saw that God had created these humans Mm -hmm. and built an entire earth for them, Mm -hmm. a garden, a beautiful garden of Eden. And he built this beautiful earth for them. And Lucifer, who had fallen from grace, saw that God had created these beings and had given them dominion and reign over this beautiful paradise. And he became even more emboldened. Of course, and yeah. even more enraged and mm-hmm. even more, how dare they? Um, because he had been one of God's favorites in heaven. And now these lowly human beings on earth um, have been given this entire world to reign over and um, became even more upset. Gotcha. You know? Yeah, he felt that he should have had it. Yeah, he should have been in that position to rule the world, but he wasn't. Exactly. And 
just as the devil operates today, um, he knows that followers of God are saved. Mm-hmm. That you and I, as believers in Jesus Christ, we're assured salvation in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so the more we proclaim that, the more we live that out by seeking God and having a relationship with God. The devil knows that he can't steal our salvation, mm-hmm. but he will distract us. Oh, yeah. And that distraction is sin. He doesn't need to break us. He only needs to distract us. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I feel like it relates to Eden. Mm-hmm. Um I th- I believe that he um, he found this serpent, and again he's a heavenly creation. He has abilities that you and I don't possess, and that he inhabited this earthly creation, this serpent, one yeah. of the most lowly of all um, creation, um, and that he inhabited it, and he used it to whisper lies mm-hmm. to Adam and Eve, and so Adam and Eve like Lucifer were without sin in the beginning and living in this paradise. What more could you ask for in our opinion? (laughs) What more could you ask for? (laughs) And so he desired to destroy that, which God loved Yep. because he had now separated himself from God. And unlike anything else in the Bible, um, God says that Lucifer is permanently separated from him. Mm -hmm. So us human beings, we are full of sin and we are flawed, but we are not separated from God as long as we seek him, as long as we repent and turn from our sin. But Lucifer was given a very, very unique punishment by God. And God says specifically, you will be separated from me forever. Doesn't matter what he does. Doesn't matter what he does. Mm -hmm. That's how egregious God viewed his sin. And so uh, he inhabited the serpent and he whispered lies to Adam and Eve. And he ironically, but really cunningly, he appealed to that same desire. Yeah. So the tree that they ended up ultimately eating from was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And he lied to them and said that God prohibited them from eating from that tree because if they did, they would obtain knowledge and be Mm God-like. So he fed on the same desire that ultimately got him cast out of heaven. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that is interesting. There's so much more sin, but that's the one that he chose because that was the one that was his demise. And he was very familiar with it, and he knew the wrath of God, how how offended and hurt God was by that specific sin. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's creepy, though. (laughs) When you think about um, the, the enemy and how he operates... It's scary how calculated it is. Mm-hmm. And so he began whispering to them and appealing to that same pride. Yeah. Appealing to that same ego and trying to get them to bite. Yes. Trying to get them to do that. And as much as he could separate them from sin, he thought that he could have domain over them yeah. and dominion over them. Mm-hmm. And as much as I can whisper to them sinful desires, as much as I can distract them from God's plan mm-hmm. and get them to sin, the more I can do that, the more I can control them. Yep. And so, um, again, sin was born in mankind, and that is the fall. That is the fall of mankind. But I perceive it to be the second sin. Yes. Not the original, original sin. It's the original sin of mankind. Yeah. Of humankind. Mm-hmm. But it came after the sinful behavior of Lucifer. That's so interesting because it's not really talked about that much. You know, know, we always thought it's Adam and Eve. That's the first sin. But you're right. Thinking about it, you know, Lucifer is the one that went against God first. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting to think about it that way. It's actually, um, it's, it was fascinating for me to kind of meditate on this. And then it was oddly comforting because this perfect being 
mm-hmm. sinned mm-hmm. and we're so imperfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, like it gave we me, wish we could be there. <laughs> yeah. Like it gave me a little bit of peace kind of thinking like, well, wow, you know, if I can learn from this, yeah. if I can, um, you know, sometimes um, my 12 year old said it best. I often learn more from what not to do than what to do. So we can often be told, you know, do this and do that by our parents or Mm -hmm. friends. And it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. Totally. (laughs) But but when you can see clearly from someone or another situation, um, what is so bad and so wrong, Mm -hmm. it's a better lesson of what not to do. Okay. I don't want to do that. Definitely. And so it was a great lesson for me. Um, and again, uh, the the pride aspect of it, it was a good reminder. Uh, another one, um, one of my favorite Proverbs 16, 18 is um, pride goes before destruction and mm-hmm. uh, a haughty personality or a haughty behavior before the fall. Haughty is the word, H-A-U-G-H-T-Y, gotcha. is the word for um, arrogance. Mm. And yeah. so often when we act that way, we fall. Yeah. Yeah. So how does that pride affect us today? Well, that's the other fascinating thing, um, is that, um, that arrogance, um, that pride, um, Mm -hmm. that desire to have more and to do better and to be better and to, um, have people perceive us as, um, worthy of worship. Mm -hmm. It's generational sin. And -hmm. the Bible talks a lot about generational sin and how, um, the sins of our fathers, um, affect us still today. And the truth is we are created with, um, what is known as free will. So we have the free will to make our own choices. But um, so often our choices are plagued with selfishness. Oh, yeah, definitely. And pride and ego. And, um, you know, what we try to obtain today here as believers, as flawed humans, um, what we desire most is salvation in heaven. Yep. And uh, ultimately, that's what we all want. And the sad reality is... Um, Lucifer had it. Imagine. Mm -hmm. Lucifer had what we live every day of our lives trying to get to. Mm -hmm. He was there and still screwed it up. Yep. So what hope do we have? (laughs) We have hope in Jesus. That's the thing. We have hope in Jesus. We absolutely have hope in Jesus. And from learning from this, and I don't know how, um, I was there not too long ago trying to navigate this storm of life without Jesus. And I I obviously was failing miserably, but I cannot imagine um, going through that, those storms and the difficulties of life and the temptation without Mm -hmm. Jesus now. And the beautiful part of all this is that the Bible truly is a story of redemption, of a fall from grace and a savior in the form of Jesus Christ. And now we have redemption in him if we Mm -hmm. seek him. Hallelujah. (laughs) And so that's the whole point. But um, we're no longer in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are no longer perfect beings. Nope. Um, we are flawed and we are still um, reeling from the effects of that original sin with our ancestors in the Garden of Eden. And the sad part mm-hmm. is it's very much alive today. Mm-hmm. So the original, original sin gave birth to the original sin or the fall of mankind. And it has given birth to every single one of the sins. affects us today. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And... Um, most sins actually can be traced back to pride if mm-hmm. you really peel it back and look at the different layers. And um, pride, in my opinion, affects uh, what we really hold dear in our earthly lives, um, which are our relationships. Yeah. So I believe that um, 
especially in the institution of marriage and romantic relationships, because it has a different level of intimacy. Um, pride affects those relationships um, more deep. Definitely, because we want things our way. We mm -hmm. think we should have it our way, and so we come into conflict a lot in those relationships. Exactly. And the problem is, and, and um, anyone who's been in Bible study with me, and Lisa, you've heard this before, I, I always say this quote, it's that um, appreciation becomes expectation. So oftentimes in a relationship, especially a romantic relationship, um, we put our best self out there mm -hmm. and we want to be perceived in the best light. And it's not a manipulation. It's, it's genuine intention yes. to be our best self. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course we fall in love with each other's best self. And in the beginning, like in the beginning in heaven or in the beginning in the garden of Eden, um, we appreciate things. Yep. So, uh, it may be something as simple as, uh, a couple starting to date and the woman appreciates that he has a great job and appreciates that he's a diligent provider and he wants yeah. to, you know, he wants to build a family and build a yeah. home and, and those things. And we appreciate it. And conversely, um, the, the male or the husband can appreciate, Oh, look at her. She's career driven or she's a wonderful cook and she's going to be a great mom. And all these things that we, uh, we make assessments and judgments yeah. on in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And over time, we we gain this sense of entitlement in the relationship and so and it's not it's not a universal i'm not making claims on everyone but um the pride comes into the picture mm -hmm. so just using the example we just gave um it can go from the appreciation of oh he's a great provider oh she's a great or going to be a great wife and mom to okay when's my dinner going to be ready and aren't you going to take care of those kids now it's an expectation and, not appreciation exactly mm -hmm. exactly and um you know even just begin to challenge yourself like for me okay so i'm married i'm a mom i'm right now i'm a stay-at-home mom and just like think about this as a challenge for anyone who's in my situation um when was the last time you thanked your husband for being that provider yeah you know, when was the last time? And not, not just in passing, mm -hmm. gen, like genuinely from your heart, sweetheart, I love the provider that you are. I appreciate you so much for going to work every day. I mean, yeah. I, I, I hope that we're doing that, but I think the vast majority of us right. have fallen into this, this rut of, well, that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. he goes to work every day. That's his job. Yeah. Or, you know, and now or they know that I appreciate him. Like he knows it. Like, but do they really know that? You mm -hmm. know, how often have you said that to them? Exactly. Interesting. Exactly. And so, um, I think we fall into a, a place of complacency and, um, where we feel like we don't need to do that anymore. And so we kind of get in that rut and then the real bomb hits. <laughs> then you start thinking, well, I cook dinner every night. I deserve more praise. Mm -hmm. I deserve more worship. Mm -hmm. I deserve this and I deserve that and I deserve better. And we live in a society where um, people don't just pursue God or pursue whatever they think in their spiritual lives or, or um, self-help mm -hmm. or motivational topics. We've fallen into a culture where it's like, you do you girl. Yeah. Do what makes you happy. You know, you deserve the best. And, and those, you know, standalone comments are not bad. Yeah. Yeah, do what makes you happy. 
yeah, you do you, what, what brings you joy, mm -hmm. but not at the expense of others. Yeah, no. And certainly not to gain that, that haughty, mm -hmm. that prideful position where you think, well, I'm going to do me at the expense of what other people need, you mm -hmm. know, or I'm going to do what makes me happy, even if it doesn't make my husband and my children and my family happy. And so this is where we get into that pride and it, it mm -hmm. can be really subtle. Mm -hmm. And I heard an interesting quote um, from C.S. Lewis, and he said, you know, if you listen to a sermon on pride or you research or do Bible study on pride and you think it doesn't affect you, yeah, you're probably prideful. <laughs> like, then <laughs> that's you. Yeah, we're talking to you. Yeah. And so, uh, but it's true. Yeah. Because obviously some of us are more prideful than others, mm -hmm. but pride affects everyone. Oh, yeah. To some degree. Yeah. And so I think it's really interesting that... Um, we often don't think about pride mm -hmm. until I started doing this research for this and really meditating on this. I wouldn't have called myself prideful. Yeah. I would think that I'd be better than that, but I'm really not. Yeah. And there are certain things, you know, when that expectation, well, I do this, well, you know, so-and-so should do that. And it's the give and take. Yeah. And that's not what the Bible says. And that's certainly not what God teaches mm -hmm. and certainly not what Jesus Christ modeled. He mm -hmm. was a perfect human being. Mm -hmm. He came, you know, to serve and to not be served. And he's, he is our Messiah. Mm -hmm. He's our God. He is the person that I want to serve wholeheartedly. And he came to serve me. He washed his disciples feet, yep. which at the time was a dirty task and no one of authority or any kind of position would have ever done that. Yeah. And so that's not what the Bible models, and that's not what Jesus models, is to be prideful or yeah. the fact that you deserve something. And, and because of that fall, it's like we are automatically have this pride in us. So mm -hmm. it's something that's innate in us, but we have to be more intentional to not be prideful, to be appreciative, mm -hmm. and to really lend that out. But I think if we're not intentional, then it's easy for us to slip into that pride, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say you can't be proud of your accomplishments. I'm not yeah, saying course. that, you know, if you do hard work and you succeed in something because you made, you know, you made the effort and you mm -hmm. were diligent and you got that master's degree mm -hmm. and you got that position at work or you, you ran that race and you won it after years of practice. I'm yeah. not saying that you can't be proud of your accomplishments. I'm of talking course. about a deep seated character flaw mm -hmm. where you feel the arrogance and the entitlement and that you deserve something because sin, sin is not a theoretical concept. Um, Sin is takes a while to cultivate. Mm -hmm. So Lucifer didn't just rebel against God the first day that he felt like, oh, I kind of want some of that worship. Yeah. You know, <laughs> sin, yeah. sin is cultivated over time mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it begins in the heart yep. first. It begins with feeling like you're missing something mm -hmm. or you deserve better mm -hmm. or you want more than what you have. It, it, it really originates in some level of discontent. Mm -hmm. And then that, that level of discontent and that desire in your heart is, is nourished by negative self-talk. And today, today we have to be aware that we're in spiritual warfare mm -hmm. and that just like Lucifer in the garden, when he was whispering to Eve through the serpent, he still does that to us today. Oh yeah. And the one third of the angels he took that fell from heaven with him that wanted to rebel against God and wanted that same worship. They're marching through this earth and they are whispering the same things in our ear. Like you deserve better. Yeah. Yeah. They want to, they want to separate us from God. And that's a huge, a big way for them to do that because mm -hmm. 
we're always looking out for ourselves. We're always, I mean, when we take selfies, it's like, who do you look at first, right? Like you look at yourself, right? You don't look exactly. at the other people in the group. You're like, how do I look? Exactly, exactly. Well, it's glorification, it's yeah. self-glorification. And that's a perfect, oh my gosh, that's a perfect example. I think, didn't the celebrity put out like a book of selfies? Yeah, yeah right? So, you know, it, it's things like that where it's, I want the attention and I want the glorification. And the thing is, as a believer, you ask for your heart to be changed. You really mm-hmm. do. You ask for your heart to be changed and, and be to be given that shift in perspective yeah. so that your thoughts become more like God's thoughts and what he wants for you. And really what he wants for you is to live abundantly and joyfully and have more than we could ask for or imagine. That's what he wants for us, but he wants us to focus on him. Yeah. He has to be the focus for us to obtain those things yes. in, in a truly glorifying way. Mm-hmm. And so when we are successful, you know, when, when a track star runs that race and put in years of practice and they win an Olympic gold medal, absolutely they deserve to be, to be joyful, but they need to give glory to God that they woke up that morning. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and gave them that athletic ability. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, it, it's important to remember that yes, we can cultivate the gifts that God has given us, but everything comes from God. Yes. And yes. when we start feeling like whatever success, whatever measure of joy or success that we have was, was because of us, mm-hmm. we're in trouble. Yes. We're in serious trouble. Mm-hmm. And, um, just the same as identifying that, um, a lot of the sinful desires and a lot of the selfishness and entitlement that we have really does come from the enemy and generational sin. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we need to call it out for what it is. Yeah. And sometimes it feels weird Mm -hmm. because, you know, like rebuking Satan, when you start having, um, really selfish thoughts or selfish desires, um, ask for God to search your heart. Definitely. And to speak to you in a new way and rebuke Satan. Not today, Satan. That is not what I want for me. I don't want to glorify me. Yes. Everything I do now in my life, and I can sincerely say, every success that I have, every joy that I have, all the, um, all of the glory that I experience, I want to give it to God. Mm-hmm. And I love to enjoy the moment. I love to feel that joy and that glory. But really, my objective is to glorify and grow God's kingdom. Without him, we would have nothing. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And so I want a taste of that same heaven that Lucifer so freely experienced without um, sin. I can't wait to get there. And if that means that I have to be humble, Mm -hmm. um, if that means that I have to put other people first, so be it. And... um, I think once we start to search for our own glorification and our own worship, we're really in trouble. Yeah. And the other side of that is um, we shouldn't worship things that aren't godly. Yes. And the only true worship that we have should be reserved for God. Mm-hmm. And we think of idolatry and, um, you know, we think now today as a believer of Jesus Christ that we're not exercising idolatry or um, worshiping things that aren't God. But... When we worship the selfie yeah. or how many likes do we have on social media or how good do we look or how successful are we? Mm-hmm. We're really swimming in the waters of worship yeah. that is not godly. Yeah, definitely. And it might not be intentional, but it does. It slowly starts to weigh on you. And then there's the next thing like, oh, I don't want to go to church because there's a sporting event mm-hmm. or, you know, this, this is on. So I totally see where you're coming from. And that makes a lot of sense. Exactly. And, and it's interesting because sometimes when we think of things biblically, or like I was talking about earlier, um, chronologically, we think that because these things and the fall of Lucifer, the fall of Adam and Eve, 
we think that these things are so far ago and so long ago, and we think that we're not being touched by it today. Oh, <laughs> that's the definitely worst. being affected. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the greatest lies we tell ourselves is that the devil has no influence on oh, us. Oh yeah. You know. And, oh yeah. And sometimes, as believers in Christ, we think it's almost. Um, like wrong or not Christian to acknowledge the devil. Mm -hmm. And that is very dangerous because um, the devil is very much alive and uh, he very much influences us. Uh, he, again, the misery loves company. He, yep. he wants domain over people. Mm -hmm. uh, he wants to ruin God's joy mm -hmm. and steal God's joy by um, distracting his children mm -hmm. and pulling us off track. And uh, the reality is that we need to stand up for what is biblical and acknowledge God. And uh, one of the, it's, it's so funny to me that um, people are scared to talk about the devil. Uh, not that he's my favorite topic, <laughs> but it's definitely not my favorite topic. But I think acknowledging him, him is powerful. Yes, definitely. And so um, one of the things with that is that the enemy is powerful, but he cannot do anything without our participation. Mm -hmm. So he can whisper lies and deceit. He can tell me all day long, Jerry, go eat the apple. He can say that all day long. But if I don't do it, mm -hmm. I render him powerless. Yes. That should be the goal. Acknowledge he's there. Acknowledge that he's trying to distract mm -hmm. and derail you. And then take that power from him. Yes. Don't give into it. Exactly. And one of the reasons, I mean, I kind of say this facetiously, but kind of seriously, <laughs> because it sounds crazy. And when I say it, you're going to think it's crazy. But let's see. <laughs> <laughs> going to crazy town. No, I really, I believe this in my heart. And it sounds a little um, out of left field. But one of the reasons that I am so passionate about women's ministry and why I'm so passionate about Experience Eden is because I have experienced the difficulties that are associated with the enemy. Mm. I have seen people fall from grace. I saw my own husband distracted by lust. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just, oh, he hurt my pride, yeah. which he did. <laughs> he didn't hurt my ego, which he absolutely did. I, my ego was bruised and uh, I was jealous and dehumanized and mm -hmm. all of those icky things. That, of course, was a byproduct of the derailment of the lust mm -hmm. that he succumbed to. Yep. He gave power over to the enemy by allowing the enemy to do that to him. But the reality is that if you don't acknowledge that, and if you don't recognize that, that the Satan does have that power, you will fall for it. Oh yeah. So you will think you will, you will misinterpret your selfish desires for entitlement mm. if you don't acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. And so one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about women's ministry is because I, it sounds crazy, but when you're in fellowship with women, when we're talking to each other about the Bible, when we're talking to each other about this real spiritual warfare that we're enduring, mm -hmm. and when we lift each other up, and when we build each other up, and when we're able to acknowledge that we are going through trials, and that we are going through really difficult things, yeah. when we talk about that, we can empower one another. Yes. So for example, what if 
What if Eve was in a Bible study with me? <laughs> like, what do if? not eat that apple, girl. girl. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. <laughs> exactly. But that's what we're here for. We're here to that's help each thing. other. Exactly. So what if Eve was in fellowship? Maybe we could have talked her out of it. Yeah. I cannot yeah. tell you how many women and how many friends have come to me with a life-altering situation. Yes. Okay? And, you know, my husband and I are going through this, and my husband said this, and it made me feel this way, and I feel like I should divorce, and I feel like I deserve better. Mm -hmm. And what if I said, yeah, you go, girl. Yeah. Do what makes you happy. Take what's yours. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and, and not give sound biblical advice. Yes. Then that's the destruction of a family. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So... When you are in fellowship, I believe that I've been commissioned with, with a responsibility to be a good steward of God's word mm -hmm. and to unapologetically, unashamedly proclaim God's word, even when it's uncomfortable mm -hmm. and especially when it's uncomfortable. Um, I would have loved to give the opportunity to talk Eve out of it, mm -hmm. but she was alone. Yeah. She didn't have... Her women. She didn't have her Bible study. She didn't have her fellowship. She didn't have anyone to go to. She relied mm -hmm. on herself. And when you are isolated and when you are alone and when you are not in fellowship, you are alone in your decisions. Yes. That's so powerful. Isn't it? I just mm -hmm. gave you chills. <laughs> well, thinking about the pandemic even, or, yes. or people who don't know Jesus or people who've, who've met him and was turned away because of a situation mm -hmm. and they're isolated and mm -hmm. they're alone and they are stranded in that garden of Eden with a serpent whispering yep. lies. That's when the devil strikes. Exactly. And so we're vulnerable when we're alone. Mm -hmm. We're vulnerable when we're not in the word of God. We're yeah. vulnerable when we don't have authentic friends. Mm -hmm. and other women we can go to. Um, I can be honest and say I've had women come to me and say, my marriage is not working out. My husband and I are not in love anymore. We have a major problem. And I met this guy at the so-and-so and he gets me. Yeah. He gets me. Yeah. So maybe I deserve better. Mm. I, I've terrible. had this conversation. Yeah. I, I'm not intimately in that marriage. I can't account for what was really happening. But my the only thing I stood on was scripture. Yep. And that... You know, haughty behavior goes before the fall. The entitlement goes before the fall. And I mm -hmm. had to lovingly say, I love you. I want you to be happy. I want the best for you. But so does God. Yep. And God hates divorce. Mm -hmm. And adultery is a sin. My advice to you as your friend who loves you and as a woman who loves God is don't do it. Yes. Don't do it. And we need to be able to have those difficult conversations. Yeah. And we need to be the friend that that one friend knows they can go to to get sound scriptural advice. Yes. And I don't know, you know, we can't save the world <laughs> and we can't we can't fix all the problems. But we can definitely strive for righteousness one decision at a time. Yeah, and we can help each other and that's why we really wanted to make this podcast. So we can help women so we can help each other. Because like you said, when we're isolated, it's hard. Mm -hmm. I know that from my experience too. When you're when you're walking alone, you know, you don't have other people to help you. And that's why we're here. We're here to help. We're here to sharpen each other, mm -hmm. to grow into community, and just grow deeper into the word. Yeah. And we want we want to be us when you're uncomfortable. Oh yeah. And we want to have difficult conversations and we want to glorify God by spreading his word. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, if one difficult conversation can save a person or a family from destruction, it was worth it. 
It was worth the uncomfortable conversation and it was worth um, the risk of a friendship. You know, when mm -hmm. I said that to my friend, maybe she didn't want to be my friend anymore <laughs> because I, I didn't give her what she wanted to hear. But as, as a follower of God and someone who truly wants the best for people, you had to be able and be willing to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. And so um, we really wanted to create a place and a platform and experience Eden um, for women but for all, I want this a place to be a place where women can say, honey, listen to this. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe this has been on her heart, but she doesn't have the words for it. Mm -hmm. um, to share with their friends and mm -hmm. um, just to give a sound um, Bible counsel and um, to introduce uh, a new perspective. Definitely. And um, yeah, and to, um, to really talk about what the original, original sin is for me in this season. I think it's, it's very powerful in the culture that we live in today that, um, we are not the most important and we don't get to indulge all our desires and, um, every relationship and every interaction we have, um, there's a ripple effect and you can either fall and uh, you can fall for the schemes of the devil or you can be righteous and you can glorify God glorify his kingdom and I promise you it will glorify your life and your relationships definitely so we're here for you and thank you for joining us on our first episode should we pray yes heavenly father lord thank you for the time that you've given us today we ask that this message fall fresh on the ears and the hearts of your beloved children lord we ask that you allow them to see this through a new perspective, Lord, that you will humble, humble and soften their hearts, Lord, so that they may get closer to you and that they can identify the schemes of the devil, Lord, before he has any ability to destroy their lives or, or their purpose that you have divinely birthed into them, Lord. We thank you for all that we are. We pray that we are able to glorify and grow your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Join us next time for Experience Eden.